Welcome to Promo Insiders, a counselor podcast that covers the issues that matter most to the promotional products industry, from hard-hitting news to fun friends. I'm Teresa Hegel, Executive Editor of Digital Content at ASI, and today I'm joined by Chris Rubo, Executive Editor of Counselor Magazine. So today we're going to be talking about um, one of Chris's stories that's up on our website already. It's about uh, 21 predictions for 2021 in the promotional products industry. So it's a really long but but you know interesting piece of content. We've got lots of lots of information for people on there, um, and I have some questions for Chris. He's going to go over some of some of these um, interesting findings because you actually talk to a lot of the uh, leaders in the promotional products industry. It's not just what we're coming up with. Out yes, of our own it, that's that, that's a great point. It's um, this isn't us uh, saying that we know everything and this is what's going to happen. This was we did a ton of research with. Um, you know, uh, some some leading industry executives from top 40 companies um, right down to, you know, your mom and pop distributorships to get a real kind of um, plurality of perspectives about what, you know, folks in our industry are, are seeing firsthand and what they feel is kind of in the cards for, um, for 2021. And then, you know, in, in keeping with that 21 concept, we kind of broke them out, even though the story itself is long, we broke them out into 21, you know, very digestible, you know, bite-sized kind of, hey, this is going to happen. Here's why. So you could kind of go and choose as you like. Yeah, I mean, it's an, it's an easy-to-read story with tons of information that people are going to want to know about. Um, and before we get, like, started, started, I just wanted to mention that, you know, we're looking forward to people commenting, uh, asking questions, whatever you want to do. Um, and people who comment will have kind of be entered into the chance to win a food gift from Maple Ridge Farm. So if that's not incentive enough, I don't know what is. Tasty. You know, food is yummy. So, so yeah, so feel free to, to chime in in the comments with, with anything you want to know um, or any comments or observations you have. So starting out, um, so how will the current surge in COVID impact the promo industry? Obviously, things are going back up again, and mm-hmm. I guess in many places worse than they were in the summertime. So yeah. what's that going to mean for promo? Yeah, so uh, so obviously that's I think a huge question on 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 everybody's mind at the moment, and um, I, I think the biggest takeaway that I, that I heard from a ton of different people is that yes, is this great? No, it's it's not great, and it is going to have to to a degree an impact on our industry, but it shouldn't be anywhere near as impactful is um, as it was when we first had uh, you know wide scale lockdowns in, in the spring. Uh, part of the reason for that is there's a sense that many companies were already still kind of functioning in what I would call, quote, COVID mode. So mm-hmm. they've already started to adapt to the reality of they're not having live events. You know, there is, there's, you know, they're not having in-person recruitment initiatives. They're not going to, you know, sponsor um, a local 5K or whatever it might be. Um, so they're, they've been finding other ways to, to market and promotional products distributors have done a very good job on the whole of finding ways to insinuate themselves into that to those marketing efforts. So, so as a result, a lot of the marketing efforts are to a degree are, are, are already kind of accounting for COVID and various restrictions that are in place. So there's a sense that there's not going to be like a dramatic, dramatic drop off a cliff the way that we saw in, um, you know, in, in the spring through these last few months of the year. Another big reason for that is it is holiday gifting season. Um, it's been a heck of a year, to say the least. And a lot of companies um, do have some some budget to spend still, especially because they have unused money that they didn't use earlier this year. So they are investing that in 
um, drop shipments in, um, you know, your direct mail gifts, which I know everybody's doing at, at, at scale this year. Um, so those kind of initiatives are going to continue through the end of, of, you know, probably what would we call the next four to five weeks. You know, once we hit Christmas, it's pretty much over. But um, but expect the next some odd weeks to be busy with that kind of activity still. So it's so this surge is scary as it is from a personal and health perspective and as scary as it will be for some of your clients. It shouldn't have the kind of dramatic impact that, um, you know, happened in the spring. Q1 is a little bit of a different story. Um, because uh, it's traditionally promo's uh, slowest quarter. Um, you don't have holiday gifting to prompt, prop things up, but there is also a sense that with some of these vaccines uh, mm -hmm. close to coming online and feeling that they're gonna really start to come online in a big way in Q1, that there's gonna be a psychological effect that brands are gonna say, okay, bad things are going on at the moment, but there's an end to this. There's a, there's a sliver of sun on the horizon and we can't just pull everything in and go into a cave right now. We have to get ready for that and, and, and kind of keep some kind of marketing push out there, advertising push. And obviously, if you're smart about it as a promo distributor, you can fit into that. Yeah. Well, I'm curious, everyone listening in, what you guys um, are doing for Q1, if you have plans, because I know it's traditionally um, you know, a, a slower period. So if you guys have anything interesting or new you're trying, uh, let us know in the comments. I'm, I'm, I am curious about that. So moving on, um, the PPE, which you know is kind of like the savior of 2020 yeah. for a lot of uh, people in the industry. Huh? But what what do you think is going to be the role it has in 2021? What are people saying about PPE going forward? So, so, so the common consensus is PPE is not going away. It's going to be here um, mm -hmm. for our industry for a while. Um, however, don't expect the kind of gigantic windfall orders that you might have seen in the spring. Couple couple reasons for that. Um, number one, supply chains for traditional PPE were so stressed in the spring that places like hospitals and government agencies couldn't get um, product from their traditional suppliers, right? So so Promo stepped in and was and, and was able to do large scale bulk orders of those kinds of things. It kept business moving. Those supply chains, those traditional supply chains, have to a large degree caught up. Also, when we talk about bulk supply of, of, of PPE, a lot of companies have already stocked up. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, a lot of larger distributors that have done a ton with PPE through this year told us that you know Q Q two toward the you know middle of Q two was kind of huge. It's it was still strong in Q three, but tapered, and there's been even more of a tapering in Q four. There's kind of a sense that you're going to continue to see into 2021 a. a, a, a a tapering or at least a steadiness to PPE, but it's going to be a lot more kind of tailored to to our industry, where they're not going to come to you for gigantic bulk orders, most likely of, of blank stuff. It's going to be more like, hey, um, you know, we, we're hiring new people or whatever it might be, and as part of the welcome package, they're going to get a branded pull, and there's going to be a mask to go with it, right? Or or like, hey, we want to give them sanitizer to show, or we want to give an antimicrobial, you know, a pen that has treated with antimicrobial stuff, or you know, any any kind of product that fits into that that antimicrobial category that um, where we think where it's helping to keep people safe and sanitized uh, with branding on it will continue to be relevant. It's just these gigundous orders that some that some were. Is that, a, is that a technical term? That's it. Yeah, definitely is. That's what that's the word that came up. Ginormous, I think, was another one. Those those yeah. we're not going to see. We're not going to see those um, yeah. probably on the scale that we that we did. Well, something else I think 
to think about is, you know, branded masks, obviously the cloth masks are, are, are still pretty big, but mm -hmm. I think that um, distributors need to educate their clients too, that those don't last forever, even though they're washable, like yes. people should probably be changing those out. So maybe that's an opportunity to kind of go back to some of those clients who had gone to earlier on who wanted mm -hmm. a branded mask and tell them like, look, you know, those need to be kind of changed out as they start to, you know, get looser or worn or whatnot. So maybe a good mm -hmm. opportunity is like, okay, this is going on longer than we thought. Um, you know, maybe it's time to refresh with like a new round of, of cloth masks, of branded masks. Yeah, to to totally agree. That that opportunity will be will be ongoing, like I was saying for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So how will promo sales fare overall in 2021? Okay, so common consensus is they're going to be better than in 2020. Thank God, right? You know, uh, we've seen three straight quarters of, of decline relative to year-over-year -year sales. I don't think that's a, you know, a, a shock to anybody. Um, but there's a feeling that um, that we're, we're, as, as a country that we're and as a functioning economy, we've found ways to adapt and keep business going to to, to a degree. Um, and that that's not going to go away. And that as you as kind of I alluded to earlier, as these vaccines come online and um, we start to see a little bit more comfort in, in moving around, um, business activity will continue to churn. And that's going to be that's going to be good for promo. That that said, while most are anticipating 2021 to be better than 2020, we're probably not going to be anywhere near. Um, I shouldn't say anywhere near, but we're pro we're not going to get to the 2019 levels. So it, some ASI data showed that. Um, in 2019, distributors' collective sales were just a little bit under 26 billion. I think it was 25.8 billion. That was a record, and um, we're not gonna, we're probably not gonna be, you know, near that level again. Um, that that said, though, um, there are those who are extremely optimistic about what the second half of next year will look like. So they're uh, under this kind of line of reasoning or logic, and there's a lot of major executives who think this way. That they say, okay, it's still going to be a bit of a slog you know, Q1, early Q2, but boy, we start to really get widespread distribution of vaccines. We're getting back into the warmer months where it seems like people could be outside and maybe it's not as advantageous to, to, um, to viral spread. And um, at, at that point, you now have a lot of our traditional markets really kind of coming back online and looking to market in a big way. So, you know, your hospitality, your, um, you know, your educate, your education, uh, sports, all those ones now, you know, they're going to want to invest, and you could see some feel a real explosion in activity over, say, the, the you know Q3 and Q latter half of Q2, Q3, and then really ni accelerating nicely in Q4, which um, you know is uh, some might say that's pie in the sky. I actually don't think so because there's you know I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but um, but but there's a lot of sound reasoning as to why it might happen and developments in society in the marketplace that support that kind of sales take off for the second half of of next year even with that though we're, we're not we're not getting back to 2019 levels most likely right right, right. Mm -hmm. but i mean i guess the thing is with that, that giant kind of drop off you know earlier this year mm -hmm. you know that means that that anything getting closer to you know where we were not where we were before but just back mm -hmm. to like kind of equilibrium is going to be a good thing yes, um, I mean, for sure. Yeah. I'm wondering, you know, what, what everyone else uh, listening, what you guys are thinking, um, you know, about next year. Are you guys optimistic? Are you worried? Do you 
see a bright spot or, you know, who's, I guess, basically, who's glass half, half full, who's glass half empty? Um, you know, what, what is everyone thinking? Um, oh, we have, a, we have a question from Melissa. She wants to know, out of all the research you did for this incredible piece, buttering mm -hmm. you up a little bit, but uh, what was the most surprising prediction? Most surprising? Um, well, that's a good question. Let me, let me, let me think. You, I, I, um, you know what? Actually, I, I have one. Um, one of the ones, and I was going to cover this later, but we'll jump into it now, is that there's, there's a fear among some that, um, that, in, that inventory stockpiles of mm -hmm. various types of product, PPE to other things, might have reached such level due to lack of sales that you could have um, a flood of like real discount rate, cut rate stuff onto the market, um, which which maybe bodes good for some distributors, um, but it would but it would not bode well for certain suppliers who are trying to sell on on quality and brand name. And um, there's also a, a fear that um, that that the traditional supply chain in promo, which we all know is, you know, supplier, distributor, end client, um, is more under threat than ever before. Um, uh, because of, um, you know, that stock to a degree, they need, mm -hmm. they might, they you need to move product. You're sitting on this. So it becomes a lot more attractive to, to, to start a website and just try to retail shirts direct, you know, on, online. Now I'm not saying I'm aware of anybody doing that, I'm not, you know, calling anybody out or anything, but that, that is a fear that existed. Yeah. And um, it's something that, um, yeah, that, that I was like, oh, wow, I didn't realize that, that, that there was that level of in inventory issue. Because we heard about inventory shortages, right, right. On, on probably, which was not a, su a surprise given some of the supply chain breakdowns we saw, mm -hmm. especially earlier in 2020 with ch China being offline for a while. But that sense that um, there could be, um, you know, inventory issues that way and, and the ramifications of that was, was a surprise to me or new to me, I guess I'd yeah. say. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because, you, you know, like you're in a situation like this and all of a sudden like hand sanitizer or whatever like item it is, is it just, you know, you can't keep it in stock. But like, mm -hmm. how do you how do you balance, you know, meeting the demand at that time, but not, you know, going so far beyond beyond mm -hmm. that and then being stuck with a bunch of stuff you can't move. So that yeah, is... There's a people a lot smarter than us who are paid to try to figure that out, and and exactly I, what I was going to say it would take someone uh, a lot smarter than me to under to figure that out. Yeah, um, <laughs> you know, we we put words on pages. And, yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah. Sometimes so they make sense. Sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, okay. So moving on. So what what are some of the more uh, positive developments we'll see? You know, in 2021, what's some good good news for us? Yeah. Um. Yeah. I think I think one of the ones is that. Um, E-commerce, e you know, within our industry has been rising for years. That's that's not a surprise. Um, uh, and we're going to see more of that, but it's going to become de more uh, democratized, might, might be not the perfect word, but close to it, in the sense that um, the cost of to, to provide e-commerce solutions to your clients, meaning like um, online stores and, and, and pop-up stores, things of that nature, has, has come down and that that technology is more accessible to more distributors and the demand for that with clients is uh, within clients is higher. So I think you're going to have distributors who in the past maybe weren't doing online stores or weren't doing, you know, your, your quick pop-up type online stores. They're now going to be able to provide that and it should be, um, uh, you know, a source, source of considerable revenue and recurring revenue because it's, a, you know, it's like an established storefront. 
um, with, with a ready-made audience. So I, I think that's um, a, a positive one. And if it's something that you're not doing something with yet, you know, look into it because there's a lot of providers that can help you really start to compete in the e-commerce game. And to, and to be clear, I don't mean that you're going to be for imprint. I, I, I mean that you're going to, you know, you're going you're going to be able to provide e-commerce solutions for for your clients. So that's that's a big one. Um, Maybe at least two imprint. We yeah, two yeah yeah half imprint. I don't know. So. <laughs> Um, you know, another, another one is that, um, I think, uh, you know, obviously this year forced everybody to be more creative, uh, think on their feet and to, to look how they can, we use that word partner and consultant a lot. Um, uh, but I think in this year it really forced people to, to try to take on those roles with clients. And we've seen that with the, um, with the pivot to, uh, to PPE, we've seen it with how many distributors are now providing, you know, uh, drop shipment, uh, kitting uh, solutions for their clients. And I think that that um, that movement towards providing a wider range of services and solutions to your to, to clients is going to be something that really accelerates in um, in, in 2021. Uh, it's already started in 2020, somewhat out of necessity, and it's going to continue. And I think that you're going to see more distributors trying to move into what you might call like adjacent mediums to, to, to yeah. ours. So um, yes, print is an obvious one, but many are already in that. But I'm talking about doing things with digital marketing or, or social media or, or even content creation, yeah. uh, graphic design, stuff like that. More distributors have already been offering those services. And I think the trend toward doing that is going to accelerate because it just allows you to, um, to capture more of your clients' spend, which, which, and, and you're more of a partner, so it keeps them more loyal. Yeah. Um, you know, another one, uh, I'll throw this out there, and, you know, some might say that this is a, a loaded assertion calling this positive. I, I don't think it is. Um, I think the focus on uh, sustainability um, in both um, how products are created and in the products themselves is going to continue to accelerate as a, as a trend um, because there's demand for that in, in the marketplace, especially with, um, with younger buyers. And there's going to be a real push to kind of make those items um, in a way that's cost effective and, and cost competitive. And I also think that, um, uh, you know, a lot of lip service gets paid uh, to diversity. But with um, some of what we've seen over the last over the latter half of 2020, um, obviously beyond the industry and then within it, um, there, there seems to be more of a push towards truly focusing on on diversity and diversifying. And frankly, from a business perspective, it it, it makes sense to do that. Um, and I think you're going to see more uh, firms and promo taking a, a proactive stance on that. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, a, a couple others here. I won't go on and on, but another one we're going to see is um, automation and in integration efforts towards those things are going to grow. So when I say automate, I mean more companies or even smaller companies are going to be looking to find ways to automate processes that that save them time and ultimately save them, um, you know, money. I, I know of one particular um, uh, screen printer, not by any means a large shop, but they're looking into all kinds of software to, to automate with the thinking that, you know, this is going to over time drastically reduce their mm -hmm. cost up their productivity. So it, it, automation is not just for the big guys, it's for everyone. And um are and there's, there's, yeah, there's so many there's so many like free and very inexpensive tools out there just mm -hmm. you know even if you just kind of go piecemeal there's so many little ways that you can um make your day a little bit easier like even something as simple as like something that will 
that you can send to someone and they'll automatically put your like it has your calendar on it and you yeah. can you know like they can put like the interview time in for you so you don't have to like go back and forth picking out like making this meeting time you know what i mean there's so many different little ways that are not going to cost you a lot of money but can save you minutes and then you know minutes or dollars and um, yes especially in, in, in an industry like ours that's based on you know quick productivity and volume and everything like that so so uh, expect you know a lot a lot more with that and then when um i talk about uh integration i'm talking about you know technological integration uh between companies um you know there's a, there's already a pretty strong movement afoot in in our industry to establish integration standards uh whereby suppliers and distributors can integrate with each other's systems which allows for a lot uh you know quicker more automated more intelligent more mistake free um you know order flow and order processing and i think you're going to see more buy-in on that um i also think you're going to see um particularly with larger distributors a focus on integration with large um, end clients so you're going to have distributors that that really are going to tie their technological systems in with their clients in a way that really aims to facilitate you know large scale you know high transaction rate um, um, orders and if it's something you know that you're not doing as a mid to large size distributor it's good to be aware that you know a, a number of your competitors are um, so that's that's another one I, I, I found interesting um, I'll throw a, a couple more uh, virtual events and virtual re recruitment are going to present absolutely um, huge opportunity okay does it does the virtual trade show replace the, the um, you know the in-person trade show in terms of promo revenue um, it, it you know probably not but there's going to be so many of these virtual events proliferating now um, that you know there's going to be you know maybe not um, the scale might of, of each event might be smaller but the number of events stands to potentially proliferate. And if you yeah. can get yourself with, involved with more of these events and doing promo for it and doing drop ship solutions, there's, you, can, you can make substantial amounts of money. Um, and I, yeah, I, I imagine also that, you know, with these virtual events, as there's more and more of them, some of these companies are going to want to distinguish themselves from, you know, from the other virtual events out there. So there could be an opportunity to do more, you know, branded, you know, merch that gets sent out ahead of time just because, Mm -hmm. They're going to be looking for different ways to like kind of make it fun and make it stand out. Yeah, to totally. And um, like, like I'll give you an example. Like, uh, you know, um, uh, say you have a, a virtual trade show, and within that, there's like breakout groups similar to what you might have at an in-person. Each breakout group potentially potentially becomes something where like the sponsor or of that particular group. Um, can can send something out or like you know sign up you sign up for this particular session and you and you get something in return for that so there's there's all these little niches and facets related to to virtual events that you that that present branding opportunities and that therefore promo distributors can 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 monetize in a, in a way if you're intelligent about about it you know yeah. um, and then virtual recruitment man if I was on the the front lines of sales and in, in, in uh, as at a distributor I'd be targeting this market in a big way. Because there was like a eureka moment for um, for HR and for university recruiters and anybody who's really who's involved in talent acquisition, um, and that was you know um, you know boy we could really like vastly expand the web of people that we can add to our company or university through through virtual recruiting. Great example of this is um, Under Armour. 
they, I think, you know, they're based in Baltimore. They mm-hmm. traditionally recruit from five or six, you know, universities in that area. You know, they, they had this hard pivot to, um, to virtual recruitment. And over the last, you know, some odd months, they've expanded that to literally hundreds of schools. So are, um, from which they're trying to recruit, you know, young, um, you know, talent to join their company. So as you go about that virtual recruitment, you need, you need to be sticky with those, with those yeah. targets, right? And, and, and promotional products are a great way to be sticky with, with those targets. And it just, it presents a huge opportunity um, for you to service really anybody who's involved in recruitment or talent acquisition in yeah. any and I, and, I, and I think we'll see a, a lot of that. And they'll have budgets to spend because they're not going to be spending them on, on travel. To them. Exactly. And going I was just going to gonna, I was gonna make that point that, yeah, that you can if, if people are skeptical, like you, you can approach them like if, they, if they're not flying to all these schools, that's money that could be used for promo. Yeah, repurpose um, it for sure. Yeah, yep. yeah, for sure. Um, now, Melissa also wants to know whether there's an, a, virtual, a virtual event that you've attended um, professional this year that you think used promo successfully to engage clients. So I would say the uh, Power Summit. I mean, obviously, we're kind of a already that target audience, but I liked yeah. how it was like power up and the uh, little we got. There was like a little um, coaster that lit up when you put the. Uh, the glass on it and the pen that lights up. That's, that's what awesome. I was going to go with, but I guess I guess we're biased. So. I know that's true. I mean, of course, we're going to say that. I'm trying to think. I, I did go to a journalism conference, but the uh, promo was all like you had to pay for it. You had to buy like the t-shirt, and I'm cheap, so I didn't buy a t-shirt. Oh man, you should you should at least got like a poster or something. No, you didn't get anything. So, but oh, you know what? I, I'll say this. So I did just not to like brag, but I'm going to brag. I did just run a marathon for the first time, and. You know, it was a virtual one because it was supposed to be the New Jersey one and it mm-hmm. just, you know, obviously didn't happen for, you know, various obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. But we did get a nice, you did get a nice like box full of like swag. There was like a towel, a nice t-shirt, the metal, um, trying to think what else was in there. There was a lot of nice stuff and it was so exciting to get that like, you know, a week or two before we were going to do yeah. the actual run. So I, I think like any kind of like events like that, those ra- the races, I, I mean, you'd talked about the the uh, boston marathon and and the, those boxes that people got um, yeah that was incredible that was that went to um uh it was a uh, juice marketing out of mm-hmm. seattle they did literally a worldwide dropship campaign to, uh to like i think it was like thirty three thousand custom boxes to runners in 87 countries for the boston marathon so that just gives you an idea of some of the scale that exists out there it's pretty cool and the other benefit too is the idea of um uh, like unboxing experiences on social, right? Yes, like, so that, that kind of gives you extra eyeballs. So, you know, maybe like people, I think just tend to do that on their own, but there's probably ways within the packaging to kind of encourage, like, you know, tag us on, you know, sure. Instagram when you unbox it or, you know, do, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like there's ways to like, you put, a ha- you put a hashtag on there, you know, like hashtag whatever the event is or whatever you want the hashtag to be. And, and people get the idea, you know, and, and if you've provided them with good stuff, they're, they're happy to share that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it's almost like if you kit it in a way that like it's fun to open, it looks really good. Like that adds way more to the value too, than if you just like got handed a t-shirt at, at an event. So for sure. For sure. So, I mean, like you got to think about like that curated personal experience that people are getting with those boxes. And that can be way more valuable, you know, than like a ton of just random shirts or random whatever at, at an event. Not that there's anything wrong with I like a random shirt at an event, like 
you know, as much as anyone. But. I agree. It's like, it's like getting a, you know, a, a Christmas present, right? Like it, yeah. it has, it has that or a birthday present, whatever, whatever you'd like to say. It, it has that feeling, right? Yeah. So, so we talked about like all the, a lot of the positive things that are happening in 2021, mm-hmm. but I mean, we I would imagine we'd be kind of naive to think that it's all going to be positive considering how difficult this year has been. Yeah. Um, so what, what are some of the biggest challenges you expect in um, 2021? All right. Um, yeah, we wanted to get, we wanted to make sure everyone who got the positive stuff first, we don't know how long everybody's going to hang around. So if you're still <laughs> with us, all right, here's some of the nitty gritty stuff to, to look out for too. Um, you know, this probably is not a surprise to anybody, but cybersecurity threats are, are, are on the rise, they're going to continue to rise, and they're gonna become um, more sophisticated. And um, really, you know, that's scary, but it's not unmanageable. And kind of the word that we heard from a lot of the industry's best um, IT executives was that, you know, you, even if you're a small company, you need to invest in the, ne- the necessary uh, technological infrastructure to keep um, your data safe. And then you also need to invest in consistent employee train in training letting employees know what the current threats in the marketplace are and training them to be best prepared to to not fall prey to that so you know cyber attacks stink nobody wants to deal with them um we've seen huge attacks on um major companies alpha broder uh bag makers just to name a few within the last year to year and a half those are you know, those are strong, well-run companies that 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 did unfortunately fall prey to to some of these um, ransomware attacks. And then you've had other companies in our industry very tragically put out of business as a result of um, of cyber attacks. So it's so important to make the necessary investment in in cybersecurity because these attacks are not going away. Yeah. And, yeah, and nobody's immune. Nobody's immune. N- nobody's immune. And you could have the best system in the world. But if your employees are are not trained and they're they're clicking on something they shouldn't be clicking on, it could it could send it can make all that for naught. So that employee yeah. training component is super important too, and it's it's something you should definitely uh, uh, focus on. Um, another one is that uh, consolidation with our within our industry has been accelerating over the last some odd years, um, and th- and that's going to continue probably in a big way in, um, in 2021 for a few reasons. Um, sadly, there's going to just be some companies that try as they might, they might've, they might've kind of fought their way through 2020, but the sales levels are just not going to be back to where they need to be. And, and they're going to exit the industry most mm-hmm. likely. There's also going to be, um, a push for, um, smaller, less capitalized firms to join Anything from what I, what I would call like distributor networks, like your your uh, pro formas of the world, your AIAs, your I promote you, you, you. Everybody's familiar with who these organizations are because they can provide the kind of scaled back end supports and relationships that help smaller firms be be competitive. It's definitely not right for anybody. This is not an advertisement. And I'm not advocating that anybody do it, but I'm just saying it's a reality that more are looking to now do that. Um, I should just be clear on that. Um, mm-hmm. I think you're going to be see similar things with um, with buying groups where where uh, uh, distribute smaller to mid-sized distributors say, hey, I want my independence. I don't want to be part of a distributor network. I don't want to be acquired by a large distributor, but I do need some of these you know relationships and and, and pricing advantages that I could get through a buying group. So I think you're going to have uh, increased interest in buying group. So uh, you yeah, add all those factors up, it, it translates to less. It translates into a consolidation of power and spend, right? The, like mm-hmm. the there'll be less 
companies, at least for a time in, in the industry. And then there's companies that do exist might be affiliated with larger networks or organizations. So it's, it's a consolidation. Also, you have private equity money still very interested in our industry, and they're going to continue to be even with the setback of COVID. I think there's um, there's a lot out there that see a chance to potentially buy buy low and and, and exit high in a few years with um, with promo, especially given how fragmented our industry is. So you could expect um, more of that as well. Uh, yeah. I think I think uh, another thing too is that maybe some people that own a, a distributorship that are maybe older. Like this might be a great time to, <laughs> they might determine that this is the time to like retire and be, and be done with it just because it's been a very difficult year and like maybe that just sort of took it out of them. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 true, right? I mean, I, I forget this exact staff, but I saw them not long ago and it was about, you know, you, you have the um, many in the baby boomer uh, generation are, are kind of reaching that age where like if they, they were business owners, they're saying, hey, now, you know, like it's been a good run you know, it's, it's, it's time for me to, you know, to exit out of this now. And they're looking, and they're looking for, for sales. So, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just a nat natural progression of things. And it's, you know, it's, we could see more of that. So, yeah. Um, so that, that's a big one. A um, couple others, um, you know, we mentioned the inventory uh, issue there, there is concerns that there'll still be some inventory issues related to um, not enough stock, um, particularly as it relates to apparel in certain apparel sizes and color um that was that that's a kind of a continued fallout from uh you know the 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 covid shutdowns in china way back in in february i'm sure everybody it seems like 10 years ago but you okay, know, yeah. maybe, yeah. maybe i aged 10 years in the last yeah yeah it feels like it it feels like it right um so there, there there's a there's some fallout there too I won't re-go over some of the inventory with over inventory issues overstock, but that's mm -hmm. something to be aware of as well. I'm um, sorry, do you, I don't know if you hear, but my dog is like um, whining and uh, sneezing at me. That's, I apologize yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 all right. This is one of the first um, live slash podcasts I've done in a while where my cat hasn't come and meowed for me to to, to feed. You know, this time wisely we have the dogs in another room for once. Right? Oh yeah, that was smart. Yeah, yeah. I'm not usually I'm not usually that you know much that good with the forethought, but this time around, right? <laughs> anyway, yeah. um, so are there any other any other challenges that you wanted to highlight? I feel like we kind of went over a, a goodly portion of of the story and you know yeah. the, the highlights. I'll, I'll, I'll give a couple quick ones, and I won't go on and on, and I'll end on a on a good one. Um, you know, so marketers' budgets, um, you know, they're going to be tough to navigate, and there's going to be a lot of in, in uh, you know competition for spend. So it's going to be really important to um, prove the value of promotional products. So when I say competition for spend, I don't just mean with other distributors. I mean with other marketing mediums as well. So, it, you know, ASI has a ton of good data about, you know, the cost effectiveness of, of promotional products and the advertising value of promotional products. So I would use a lot of that and you know, support it by anecdotal examples um, in your in your marketing, uh, you know, also going to be some staffing headaches this year probably too um it with just you know um in the sense that a lot of people were uh you know let go and now you might be hiring new people on so there's going to be training and, and getting up to speed on the industry kind of stuff but also staffing presents a really nice huge opportunity on a lot of levels because a lot of talent was let go sadly last year there's a lot of really good talented people out there that you can add add to your ranks 
you know, that are that are that are yeah. looking for positions. So it would be, you know, you know, if you are looking to hire, you know, you can you you're going to have a pick of some good people out there. So, um, you know, that's one good thing. Another thing is, and this ties into the virtual recruitment that we talked about before, is that um, you know, companies in the across industries, as we kind of emerge from this COVID winter, you know, literally. Um, it's uh, you know they're going to be looking to hire and restock their sale their forces not just sales their workforces in general to, to move their businesses forward and I think with that there's going to become a lot of opportunities for sales with recruitment and new hire packages and, and things like that and I could blah 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 all day about this but I think that's that's probably a lot of good ones to go over yeah for sure um, I, I just wanted to mention we have another comment from uh, Javier about yeah. rules for 2021 he says double down on relationship building not selling product. And don't be afraid to cre uh, to pitch creative ideas you would not have pitched before. Different is better these days. And I think those are both really good points for sure. Because uh, you know, like, why not be creative right now? Because everything is kind of topsy turvy. This is the time to have like big kind of bold ideas that you couldn't maybe couldn't try before. But like mm -hmm. at this point, like, why not? Why not? Yes, great. And and Javi makes a great point because um, that that our our industry has always been relationship based with with sales and i think that's more so important now than ever you know um uh and so if you could pursue if you could be human to your clients and and, and be likable and and also help them with their businesses that's gonna you know make loyalty a lot more likely okay um well i, I think we're gonna kind of wrap up now unless there's anyone else that wants to uh, comment or has something that they want to share, ask, um, any insights, whatnot, this would be the time. Um, but you know, this was a really interesting discussion about 2021 and what we can kind of look forward to, things we have to look out for, um, and just, you know, what, what the future possibly will, will hold. I mean, obviously, as we know from this year, we <laughs> making predictions is sometimes a, a really bad idea because you know Ooh, yes <laughs> <laughs> it could it could really blow up in your face but based on the information we have now and based on you know what leaders in the industry said um you know this is this is what to to look out for next year so um thanks so much for taking a couple minutes to talk with us today chris yeah, and <laughs> yeah. so everybody have a great day and once again this is promo insiders and i'm Teresa hegel thanks for listening thanks guys